Hello everyone, my name is Ovin, and welcome back to Keyboard Smash. Hello everyone, and welcome to the fifth episode of the second season of Keyboard Smash. As already mentioned, my name is Ovin, and I am the hostess with the mostest of this potty waddy. This week we will be covering the second part of our two-part Supernatural special, and in this episode we will continue on from last week's discussion, quote-unquote discussion, this is just me talking at you, uh, of Supernatural, and we will be focusing more on sort of the surrounding culture, internet culture, and lore of Supernatural, so sit back, have a seat, grab um, some tea or some coffee and some biscuits, because you are you're gonna need it you're gonna need it so it's quite it's quite the ride that is how i would describe my explanation of the surrounding supernatural culture if you like the vibe so far and you want to hear a little bit more feel free to subscribe to the potty body on wherever you listen to podcasts just search up keyboard smash should sort of be somewhere at the top hopefully um and subscribe so that you are always notified when i upload a new episode with that being said Let's begin. The first thing that I kind of want to explain when it comes to the surrounding lore of Supernatural are the Guggles. Okay, so I look at the Guggles, quote-unquote, as sort of how you view Supernatural. Because, you know, when you wear Guggles, they're for specific reasons and they filter out certain things. Well, not filter out, but you use them for a specific reason so your mind is sort of only focusing on the whys of that okay oh that's really hard to understand um okay so it's normal for people to see different things when watching a show it's sort of the whole point of a show it's open to interpretation uh a good example of this would be when you watch a tv show and you might think that two characters have a strictly platonic relationship but when i watch the same same show i might see more uh romantic undertones that's perfectly normal that is a very normal thing to experience when watching a show where you have where you all then sort of um when you watch the show again you are there watching it with some preconceived notions that you have should have reached the conclusion of do you know what i mean so like if i already see that they have romantic undertones in the next episode i will continue to see those romantic undertones regardless of whether or not they're actually there same thing if they if my friend or if you will only see the platonic undertones you will only ever see the platonic undertones in the next episode it's some sort of confirmation bias but i'm not entirely sure how to argue that so let's just leave it as it's confirmation bias like I said, it's a completely normal thing to do, but with Supernatural, as I discussed last week, it it seems to have been created by the devil or something, <laughs> because there are so many different goggles to watch this show through, and that's not helped by the fact that <laughs> this show has a rotating cast of writers, <laughs> each of which have their own separate agendas, so it affected how the show was written, because each of them had different goggles on, some of them, and they all had different agendas, so it affected how the show was written, um, which means that us as the audience, like, who also have our own specific goggles, when we watch the show, we're really only picking up on the things that, like, specific writers have, like, written for us? I don't know how to explain it, but this show is probably one of the most quote-unquote up-for-interpretation shows, um, up 
this show is probably the most like up for interpretation show ever because it, it there's just so much there are so many like agendas being played out there's so many plot lines that are picked up and never resolved or plot lines that are picked up and are never referenced again because it was picked up by one writer that um the next writer for the next episode doesn't like this writer so they don't pick it up in the next episode or they never mention it ever again so it's all very very interesting the sort of culture that surrounds the writing but that was something that i covered last week so this week i want to sort of do a basic rundown of the different goggles um i guess if you're going to go into sort of like internet um culture lingo you would call these sort of like sub fandoms so the larger umbrella fandom would be supernatural fans but within that fan community there are a lot of it's a very diverse community and you can sort of see large sections of people sort of gathering under that banner but they all have very specific intentions for the show they have very specific ways to watch the show hence the goggles and they have very specific ways in which they interpret the show again the goggles so i want to go over a couple of the key ones because i really don't remember any other show that has this diverse of a fan community in regards to how they interpret the same material like we're all watching the same show but we're all taking very different things away from it so i want to sort of dive deep into these different goggles these different sub fandoms but i will say like big disclaimer um the big disclaimer was saying oh yeah the big disclaimer is that i'm not entirely sure if i've covered everyone so if i haven't covered your sub fandom i'm really sorry but i'm pretty sure i've gotten all of the major players there right okay so let me start the first goggle is the normal viewer so they have no particular affiliation to any real sub fandom they're there for a good time you're just kind of along for the ride you're a casual viewer you're most probably someone who has been roped into watching the show with a friend of yours who is a more hardcore fan like you've been roped into it watching with you've been roped into watching it with them every thursday do you know what i mean where it's like it's a supernatural night and i just want to spend time with my roommate or my friend or something so we watch supernatural together or maybe it's just something that you watch when you get home from work and you know that it's on so you go to the cw and you watch it all of that jazz so you're you're really just sort of there because it's convenient for you you think the characters are fun but you're not overly invested in it or anything so that's sort of like a baseline. That is a baseline casual viewer. They're like typically in my mind, I also kind of throw people who have watched who have quote unquote watched Supernatural. So they have never actually watched an episode, but they are sort of they are knowledgeable of the show because of how much it's shoved down their throats through social media. So a lot of people on Tumblr would say I've never watched the show but I feel like I've watched the show because of how big a part of Tumblr Supernatural is because it's such a large part of the culture. Next we're going to start deep diving into some of the more hardcore fans. The first one being the Bybros. So the Bybros are very focused on the brothers. So like seasons 1 to 3 where there was no cast where it was really just Sam and Dean they were kind of like the golden age and typically bybros don't particularly care about the rest of the characters so like they were the people who i guess were kind of happy with how 
um, the show ended because the show ended very much like, oh, it's about the brothers, it's about Sam and Dean, um, it's about Sam, Dean, and the Winchesters. It's very, it's not, they're not very big on the surrounding cast. Obviously, this is a very blanket description. It's definitely a stereotype, and I'm, I'm going to say for all of these, it's a more stereotype, but it's important to say that generally Bybros, they sort of like, they really kind of, like I said, they kind of really don't care about sort of the surrounding characters and the cast. They're just sort of there because they want to see the brothers be all Americana. So they, like I said, seasons one to three were like the golden age for them. The next one is, I don't specifically know the name for them, but I call them the ones with a PhD. So these are like hardcore fans and they don't necessarily have to belong to like another specific sub fandom. I'd say if there were casual viewers, the opposite of the casual viewer would be the ones with the PhD. So these are the ones that wrote their thesis on the show. And I can say that because I've seen so many people who have written their thesis on this show. And to be completely honest, I very nearly quite joined- I very- that's not how you say that. Yes, no that is how you say that. I very nearly joined these ranks because I nearly chose Supernatural as my body of work for my IB English Language and Literature HL essay. Um, I was sort of stuck between two worlds. I didn't know if I was going to cover sort of the supernatural effect on internet literature. So I was going to do like a compare and contrast and look at how it impacted like the consumption of media. But I was also going, but I was also like trying to figure out whether or not I was going to talk about like Destia Longcon because I want to talk about, um, I wanted to analyze why the last, the last, um, two episodes didn't work and why it wasn't a good like why why the last three episodes were including despair here sort of made the show fall apart i'm not saying that despair wasn't good i despair is a very good episode obviously we have Cass's confession scene in it but i want to talk about um i forgot the specific name of the theory but it's like this gun theory where if you show it uh, where it's like there's a gun on the wall if you show the gun three times on the third time you have to shoot it it has to mean something you can't just show a gun and have it not mean anything so in my mind the confession scene was going to be the gun because it was shown over it's like it happened season uh, episode 18 season 19 we were hinted at it season 20 it season 20 episode 20 it should have been fired that confession scene should have meant something more than just Cass sacrificing himself to the empty it should have meant something we should have had Cass return we should have at the very least we should have been able to hear Cass right but it didn't happen which is why it was so unsatisfying for a few hellers so I wanted to talk about that I want to talk about why Supernatural had sort of like the worst finale in the world but I was scared that it wasn't um how do I say this um like professional enough so I don't know. I might still cover it, but because thinking about it, I think it's very interesting. An analysis of why it wasn't a good <laughs> final episode, but yeah. We're gonna move on now before <laughs> I start going on another rant. Um, the next one are dude bros. So they're very similar to the bi bros in the sense that they like the sort of all-Americana feel, but they still care about all the other characters. So they're not really interested. The dude bros are not interested in the romance, if that makes sense. Like, they're not interested in the romance aspects, but they like the other characters. They think that it's nice that the boys have buddies with them. So that's what sets them apart from the dude bros. Nope, from the bi bros. Yes, there you go. 
Now we're going to move on to sort of like the two largest factions within the supernatural fandom and coincidentally they're both like shipping factions so the way that they have viewed um this piece of media has been directly influenced by who they ship okay um honestly the only time that i can think of where this has happened is kind of star trek sorry I need to burp <coughs> oh my gosh that was not a good burp and i say it's not a good burp because it didn't feel mellifluous it didn't feel like, it, it needs some judge. Anyways. The only time I can think of where, like, shipping had directly influenced how someone had um, watched or interpreted a show was Star Trek, in my mind. Like, um, like, it's dependent on whether or not you liked Spock and Kirk together. I think that's one of the key ones. But anyways, I'm going to talk about them. So, these are two very large sects. The first one are... Oh, yeah. Uh, Trigger warning right now. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Trigger warning. Uh, I talk about, in this sort of next portion, I'm going to talk about incest. So um, if that's something that triggers you, click away right now. I'm going to give you five seconds. One, two, three, four, five. Okay. Um, to everyone who's still here, uh, hi. We're going to try and make this as quick as possible so that the people who are uh, triggered by mentions of incest can come back. Okay. Um, Wincesties, or as they're derogatorily referred to, Cesties, they think that Dean and Sam, who are brothers, okay, blood brothers, should be in a relationship. They sort of bring up early season codependency between the two brothers as their quote-unquote reasoning. In my mind, they kind of bred from, like, the straight woman who fetishizes MLM relationships, and since these two in the early seasons were kind of like the only attractive, it's very important that they are attractive, like at least like meeting society's ideal uh, male attractive type, right? Were those two, Sam and Dean, were the only ones that fit that type. So to them, it made sense that they would be shipped together. They're disgusting and we hate them. Okay, anyone who um, is uh, uh, triggered by incest, please come back. Please be back. <laughs> um, and next, we're going to go to my group. My little family. The Hellers. So this actually came from the Destiel, so so Destiel fans, but then it formed into Desti Hellers, which was used as sort of like a derogatory term. Uh, and I say derogatory in a very light way. I'm not trying to equate, you know, a weird fan nickname as something <laughs> as something as genuinely derogatory. Like, but you know what I'm trying to go with this, right? It was used sort of like against us because of a lot of different things because we were we were usually the ones that are accused of wearing the goggles too much um and then hellers reclaimed the term shortened dusty heller to heller um especially since dean pulled uh, cast pulled dean out of hell and all that stuff so we then became the hellers um generally the consumption of spn then becomes about Dean Cass, but also the found family trope. Because for you to be a fan of Dean Cass and Destiel, you have to acknowledge that found family trope. You have to acknowledge those sorts of things. And I will say, um, Hellers are the ones that won. 
we won. <laughs> Sorry, we won. Anyways, that's it. <laughs> um, yeah, that's like the general goggle viewership. Uh, of viewers, goggles of viewership. That's what we're gonna call them. Um, generally, the fact that the fandom is so diverse is what makes it so interesting, because the show kind of has to cater to everyone, which again makes means that these plots are picked up and rarely resolved but it does mean that number one this entire fandom is completely tumultuous and there are always like arguments and like uh there's also a lot of like quote-unquote fan wars within the fandom itself but the fact that all of us wear very intense goggles means that we're all very good at analysis and i think uh this was something that was mentioned on um uh this instagram account gosh i forgot their name um where it was discussed how um fans because of the fact that the idea of fan or generally fan culture you sort of related to women it created it created this thing of like you can't really gain anything from being a part of a fandom which is very weird because anyone in the supernatural fandom can say that we're experts at analysis we can quite literally take the smallest of things and make them mean something by referencing other pieces of work by looking at okay look it worked like that in this piece of work and it worked in the same way in this piece of work so why won't it work in the same way for supernatural again like that's how i know about that gun theory that's how we know about the importance of lighting of mirrors so i think i think it's a transferable skill right being able to take something out of essentially nothing so here's to the ones that stayed up late uh trying to figure out how the destia long con worked (laughs) moving on i want to talk about sort of the surrounding literature of supernatural the thing is with supernatural the show itself had quite a few meta episodes the ones that come to mind are the ones with the musical the ones where they go to supernatural where the brothers go to like supernatural conventions because within the story itself there are supernatural books and there are supernatural books because the writers kind of wrote themselves into the story using the character chuck who we are first introduced to as a prophet we later found out is god capital g um and chuck writes the supernatural books that details to a t sam and dean's life and by writing themselves into the story the writers sort of gave themselves a perfect excuse for the unresolved and shoddy writing that I have been mentioning since last week. Um, But because I think it is a direct influence of the fact that this show is so interesting and how they've written it and how meta it is, the surrounding of literature of Supernatural is actually also very interesting. Like, for example, Dean Cass currently holds, I think, the most fics on AO3, surpassing 100,000 fanfictions um which is insane in my mind like there are so many dean caspics on supernatural what no on ao3 or archive of our own if you've never heard of it before and the show kind of gave rise to a lot of tropes that we see in fan fiction and i think like internet fan culture a lot when we're in referencing sort of surrounding literature and work um the show kind of gave rise to the abo alternate universe prompt or the alpha beta omega alternate universe prompt where um like every human being is classified as like an alpha beta or omega and that gives them specific canine traits of like an alpha beta or an omega um 
that entire thing actually kind of started with Star Trek, with the Ponfar Vulcan thing. But it was sort of repurposed by Supernatural fans and reused for Supernatural fans. And um, this sort of alter universe trope is one that currently, as of right now, this it was very big for quite a while. But nowadays, it's very like, this is weird. And I kind of agree. Um, it makes sense that it originally came from a Sesti fix. So, yeah. But people across the fandom have used this trope. Another one is uh, wing stuff, I guess. It's a pretty big thing, especially for fics involving, like, Cass or Gabriel when they're angels. So, it's weird, but eh. <laughs> It's like, Supernatural's been around for 15 years. So, you expect that a lot of the literature, literature sort of grows with time. So, nowadays, there are actually quite a few really great fics, and I kind of wanted to... Uh, shout out to my favorite fix uh i might not be able to remember everyone's usernames but i think it's important to shout these out <laughs> my personal favorite fiction fictions fanfics are to build a home by into the silent land it is such a good fanfic um essentially it tells the story of dean and cass um it's a mix of like flashbacks and present time very like storytelling where Dean and Cass used to be best friends growing up. It's an alternate universe where they're like humans and stuff, right? Um, they grew up best friends next door to each other, but they had a fight when they were teenagers and they never talked to each other again. But And then Cass's father dies and then Dean comes back home to sort of attend the grieving process. And it's a whole thing and I loved it. And it's 70 chapters of pure angst, but also it's like... um slow friends it's literally um strangers to friends to uh strangers to friends to maybe lovers to enemies back to friends and then up to lovers again it's great it's awesome i love it the next one is pies and prejudice this one is not one that i think comes up in a lot of like the recommendations but pies and prejudice is a bake-off au where Cass and dean are bake-off contestants but the american version it's very good you should all go watch it watch it yes go watch bake-off um but yes pies and prejudice i quite enjoyed that one because i also like i love bake-off so guess what i like this fic i also want to mention twist and shout solely because i think it's such an iconic fan fiction it is the one with the most kudos under the dean cast tag it is iconic as in like anyone in the fandom has read this book it's a book in my mind it's a book it's not just a fan fiction anymore it's a book um it details dean and Cass's relationship but sort of reimagined for the 60s uh i can't say anything else other than that but thursday very special day for everyone uh, and the last one that I want to mention is And This Year Living Kiss. This is such a good one. It has so much good poetry in it. Um, I'm not gonna lie, it's the one that sort of like sent me off on my journey to sort of like fall in love with beat poetry and you know the likes, Jack Kerouac, Allen Ginsberg. <laughs> you will never see me not quoting how or caddish, so yeah. Um, I love that fic. It's uh, sort of a professor-y AU fic. So Cass is a poetry professor, Dean is a poet in hiding in secret, and Dean attends one of his classes, and all this. It's, it's wonderful, it's wonderful, I love it. If you've noticed, I don't really have a lot 
of fics where that are set like in universe yeah that's a thing i i don't remember the last time i read like a proper in universe fic if i have it's most probably a fix it fic to fix that horrible finale another big part of the surrounding internet culture for supernatural is sort of like what we have brought to like internet culture generally the first is that we have a gif for everything like seriously we do it's so it's funny for me it's funny for everyone else it's annoying but we have a gif for everything because the writers were so out of pocket so we have lines and gifs for everything so that's one thing that we have we have also offered various tumblr sexy people if you don't know what a tumblr sexy person is you have to search it up because i don't know if i have the time to deep dive into what a tumblr sexy person is um i will have you know though i've just watched eternals druig has entered the ranks of tumblr sexy people he is there now he is top there um to give you an idea of what a tumblr sexy person is um druig <laughs> Watch me talk about this white man with an accent. <laughs> so, yes, Druig. Um, I guess sort of like the original ones were like Loki. Um, oh, what's his name? Onsalir? Onsal? I don't know how to pronounce his name, but you know the one. You know the one. He was quite an original Tumblr sexy person. Um, Aaron, I think. I'm not entirely sure. There's a Tumblr sexy people Wikipedia, so you can go search it up there. So we offered Cass and Dean, obviously, but we also offered Misha Collins and Jensen Ackles. You can also argue that Jared and Sam are, but I don't like thinking about Jared, but I do love thinking about Sam, so we're going to say that Sam's also on that list. Um, I will also say that Rowena, perfect Tumblr sexy person, I love her so much, and she fits it. She fits sort of like the universal idea of the criteria, so Rowena, yes. Um, and the story itself is uh, we're moving past that now. Um, the story of Supernatural itself is also very good for crossover fan fictions because the show inco- incorporates so much. Like, they incorporate so much from, like, different parts of uh, different cultures with their Monster of the Week episodes, but also from, like, uh, religion and, like, um, pop culture. It's all very, again, very interesting. Because it incorporates so much, it's very easy to cross over. Case in point, anyone who was around 2014-2015, Super Hulock, which was sort of like this crossover between Supernatural, Doctor Who, and Sherlock, which were sort of like the dominating fandoms at the time, so they decided to cross them over, which particularly wasn't that difficult. Currently, though, one of the bigger ones is Good Omens, and I think a major factor in it was, number one, Good Omens is about angels and demons, and the main character, the main characters are an angel and a demon, plus the main character in Good Omens, um, one of the main characters, is a demon named Crowley, and in Supernatural, they have another demon called Crowley, who is also a pretty major character, so by the fact that they, they are two Crowleys, you can sort of have, like, a lot of them are like summonings gone wrong so like dean and Cass would summon crowley but they would accidentally summon good omens crowley instead it's all again it's 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 a great opportunity to jump on the next one is usually um teen wolf teen wolf is also pretty big because obviously teen wolf it's set in america in the same way that supernatural is set in america they teen if you don't want teen wolf it's about the sort of like gang of werewolves that live in beacon hills california i think it's california so it's a good way to cross over as well because the boys are 
uh, hunters, they might hunt werewolves, they might sort of be in town, they might be in Beacon Hills usually, um, and they try to hunt um, werewolves or something, right? And then the local pack steps in, they have a fight, uh, you know where I'm going with this. And recently, I've also seen a lot like with Marvel, and I think the biggest reason for that is that one of the major characters in Supernatural is Gabriel, the Archangel, but he posed as Loki, who is a trickster for a very long time. So since there is a Loki that exists in Marvel, you can cross it over and have like a Loki-Gabriel meetup, and it's nice and fun and whatever, right? Yeah. So yeah, those are sort of like the general big like surrounding literature bits of Supernatural. And with that being said, I think I've covered everything. Wow, I am so efficient. <laughs> um, I'm really sorry if I m missed out on anything, but if I did, just like, I don't know, shoot me a message. I say as if anyone here has my number, but like still, um, if you would, or like if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you can just sort of type it and put it in as part of your review of the show um but yeah i think that's it that is it for our big supernatural special look forward to next week where i will not be talking about this show as much as i have been for the past two weeks um and i hope you all have a wonderful day that is it for this episode of keyboard smash if you enjoyed the episode please feel free to subscribe to supernatural to Supernatural, I am not doing free promo for them. Please feel free to subscribe to my potty, Keyword Smash, on wherever you listen to, key to keyboards to potty. There you go. Um, and if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, don't forget to rate and review Keyword Smash because it helps with viewership on my end. And yeah, that's it. Thank you all so much for listening. I will see you next week. Bye!